Well, you know what I think. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to deny that. I do want everyone to feel comfortable, and that's why I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Please do not go religious. Somebody's going to hell over this. You better not. Even the devil will speak the truth for, for his own purposes. This is war. Accept it. Back to Jerusalem podcast. Yeah, I'm back, and I'm armed with righteousness. With your host, Eugene Bach. He just seems like he's got it all figured out. He's a righteous dude. Yep. Hello and welcome to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I am coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Beijing. I just had an amazing trip yesterday. I just flew into uh, Beijing last night. But where I came from was another city inside of China where we are doing a English training program to train our Back to Jerusalem missionaries in English training so that they can go on to their next group of study, the, the Back to Jerusalem missionary training uh, outside of China. So before missionaries leave China, the Back to Jerusalem missionaries, before they leave China, they are usually training for about a year, uh, studying the English language or whatever language it is that they're focused on. Usually it's the English language that's the number one that's in demand because so many other languages can be learned by studying the English language. So, for instance, let's say that I'm going to be moving to Kazakhstan and, and, and learning the Kazakh language. If I fly to Kazakhstan and I learn the Kazakh language, most likely the, in, the language is going to be in English. The textbooks are going to be in English, not Chinese, though they are, and they're growing to be more and more so. In fact, while I'm here right now during this time, if you fly into Beijing at the end of August, like I am right now, and you make your way into Beijing driving from the Beijing airport, you will see that there are two sets of flags lining the freeway between the Beijing airport and the Beijing city. Uh, if you're not familiar with that flag, I wasn't. I had to actually look it up. It was the Uzbek flag. So there's a there's a delegation from Uzbekistan that is in China right now at making trade deals that has to do with the one belt one road. I found it and I've talked about this in other podcasts. If you've listened to other podcasts, you'll know that I find it absolutely fascinating that there is such a focus inside of China on the official level pushing on the one belt one road um, dream. The One Belt, One Road vision. It's everywhere. And in fact, I took a picture of it uh, in Hong Kong the other day. There, If you were walking in Central in Hong Kong, you will find that they have um, these the pillars of the bridges. So a lot of Hong Kong is made up of uh, bridges in, in the Central part. So if you go to Central uh, area of Hong Kong, you'll find that there's bridges that connect different buildings all over the place. So you can, it's possible to walk from point A to point B all over over Hong Kong without ever going outside or walking in the rain. So there's bridges above and then there's tunnels below the city so that takes you out of traffic. So there's a lot of foot traffic that takes place above the city in these bridges that are connected from building to building and you can cross from one part of central to the other part of central without ever walking across the street or being on the ground. You're, you can just go from bridge to bridge to bridge walking through different buildings and each bridge is actually covered so that if it's rain raining outside, which is very common during the rainy season in Hong Kong, um, you're not going to get wet 
at any time. It's also very popular during the Sundays to have a lot of Filipinos that work out there on these bridges. Well, on the bridge, and I took a picture of it. I might put it on Facebook. It's called the Belt and Road Summit, which is taking place on the 11th of September. So September 11th, 2017, there is a Belt and Road Summit. Basically, what that is, is a trade summit that focuses on the investments that China is conducting right now between China and Jerusalem along the ancient Silk Road. Yesterday, I was traveling um, out of Guangzhou. I flew from Guangzhou to Beijing. And I had some time. We had our Back to Jerusalem missionaries who were um, leaving from the Guangzhou airport to um, fly out for their training uh, to another country, and it was it was such a nightmare. They the the Chinese had to be on a four uh, on a six o'clock flight, so we arrived at the airport at four, a little bit before four. <clears throat> and usually, whenever we buy the tickets, because the Chinese when they leave out for their training, they go with a one month visa, and then they change their visa while they are there in country. And so, what we do is we get them a a ticket that reflects that they will be coming back uh, at after one month. But we never really intend to use that ticket because we will change their visas once they're there. And instead of changing a ticket every single time that they uh, change their visa, we just really get them a one-way ticket there and a one-way ticket back. But they can't, the Chinese cannot go to that country with a one-way ticket. They have to have a round-way round way ticket. So what we've usually done is make a reservation, but we don't really confirm the return ticket, only the one-way ticket going there. Well, yesterday at 4 o'clock in the morning, the Chinese were caught with these one-way tickets. The airline right away saw that the ticket that they have on the return is only a reservation. It's not actually a confirmed flight. So they would not let the Chinese board the flight at 4 o'clock in the morning trying to make reservations. No ticket office is open. You can't buy tickets. The tickets that they had leaving China, leaving Guangzhou, were were confirmed, and they would lose the money for those tickets because they were there for the flight, so they couldn't change them or anything because we were. it was already two hours before the flight. And um, at 4 o'clock in the morning, we had to bust butt to be able to get the return tickets for all 23 Chinese that were flying out of Guangzhou Airport. And uh, my flight to Beijing was not till much later. Praise God, I'm talking very last minute. The, the, the flight that they were on was already in final call. And we had six Chinese who had not yet even checked in for the flight. In, in the US or Europe, I don't think that they would ever allow that. But in China, we stayed there and basically begged them to let the Chinese on as long as we could reserve the tickets. So we had our Chinese travel agent at four o'clock in the morning up and booking our tickets for us. And the last six were able to check in, run through immigration, run through security, and finally make it to the gate uh, before the plane left, which was a huge blessing. But while I was at the Guangzhou airport, I took a walk. I had four. That, their flight left at um, at four o'clock or six o'clock in the morning, and then my flight did not leave 
until 10 o'clock. So I had about four hours where I was walking around. And while I was there, I ended up walking through what they call the the Haitian, Haitian Corridor. And the Haitian Corridor is the ancient silk route that the Chinese missionaries are taking along the sea. So you have a couple overland routes, one that goes through western China into the the stands, so Pakistan, Afghanistan, Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan. So you have the Silk Road that goes through the, the northwestern part. Then you have the Silk Road that goes through the southwestern part of China going into um, Tibet, Nepal, India. And then you have the sea route. The sea route actually going through Guangzhou. It's located on the eastern side of the 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 China. China. If you look at Guangzhou, it's on the southeastern side. And if you go to the Baiyun International Airport terminal, you'll see almost like a museum that's been set up for the Haitian Corridor. And it's this large historical and cultural landscape inside the airport itself which according to the records covers about 3,300 square meters. I've never even heard of this place before. It's the first large public space with the theme of the Silk Road. Uh, There's not any part in China that has this kind of Silk Road theme for the Haitian Corridor. And it's at an airport. It's at the Guangzhou Airport. It, it, it's the, it's the sea route. It's the part that takes the sea and the sky as the two main elements that of the. That's why it's called the high tian. High tian high is sea and tian is is sky. So it's the it's the sea and the sky corridor, and it refers to the Guangzhou Baiyun International Airport for the sky, and the Guangzhou Seaport for the sea. So. The, it's this it's this idea that there's an aerial silk road and I've never even thought about that before. That's what we are focusing on right now is yes, the the silk road that goes to the to the to the west from the sea, the silk road that goes to the west by land, but people aren't actually driving to Iran from China. They're not actually taking the boat to Iran from China they're flying by air and so the Guangzhou airport has designated themselves as being basically the back to Jerusalem airport so they set up this Haitian corridor which is a tribute to the ancient Silk Road going by sea and by air and has designated Guangzhou as the main city and and it this is what it says directly it says the sea comes from the port culture of guangzhou for thousands of years which is starting port of ancient maritime silk road the sky of the haitian corridor refers to guangzhou baiyun international airport the south gate of china so they're saying that this is the southern gate of China, which is the starting point of the aerial Silk Road and the supporting point for the Guangzhou Road. They both shoulder, this is, this is quote, they both shoulder the mission to present the Lingan culture and spread the, the culture of China to the culture of the world. 
I just I I I find that absolutely fascinating that that's how they they say it. The South Gate of China, and their mission is to present the Lingan culture and spread it, spread the Chinese culture to the world, which will help Guangzhou's two thousand year culture of Silk Road go to the world once again. And as you walk through this this high、uh, ten introduction. Is right at the the beginning of the corridor, and when you walk into the corridor at the very end of the corridor, so it's got this this almost like space age look, and the floor itself is painted like the ocean, and it's got like an oval shaped ceiling that kind of is reminiscent of the sky. And at the beginning, you have a big ship, and the big ship is called the Gothenburg. The Gothenburg is the messenger of friendship. It's this big、uh, ship that represents the legend of the trade between the East and the West, which witnesses the development of the maritime Silk Road between. Get this, Sweden, so Jotaborg or Gothenburg in in Sweden. So the port in Gothenburg and the port in Guangzhou. So they show the ancient Silk Road going back to the Swedish Indian Trade Company, or the Swedish、uh, East Indian Trade Company,、uh, which was one of the earliest destinations for the trade routes that went between Europe and China. And Guangzhou now has this ship that's called the Gothenburg, and the Gothenburg is this. This representation of friendship between the East and the West, and the design of the inspiration of the High Tan Corridor cabin is derived from the well-known merchant ship on the Maritime Silk Road, the Gothenburg. So the, this Gothenburg ship that comes from Jotaborg in Sweden pr- provides the inspiration for this High Tan Corridor. The Guangzhou and and Gothenburg. Um, are two important trade ports, respectively, in China and Sweden. And in 1743, the Swedish East India Company was sent the merchant ship for trade called the Gothenburg to sail the to from、uh, Sweden to Guangzhou. And it's generally understood that the major lines, the major trade of goods of the European ships. Went to China from Sweden, and created this environment of trade and understanding during the 18th century, so as the rest of the world could know about the glorious history of the Chinese people in Guangzhou. And today, the Chinese are going back in history to the ancient maritime Silk Road and looking to that for inspiration to see Guangzhou. As a kind of future for the air, the the Silk Road of the air, and I love it. I've never thought of back to Jerusalem being a part of because I've always thought about the ancient Silk Road that goes from、um, the ground. 
you know, that goes into these ancient trading ports. And that's why they have the one belt, one road system. Everywhere you go in China right now, they're all talking about, for business, the one belt, one road. And it's China's big initiative to invest in all of these countries that are a part of the 1040 window between China and Jerusalem to start up trade and friendship and understanding once again which is paving the way for back to Jerusalem missionaries to make the way from China back into these countries. Brothers and sisters, there's never been a better time to work in the darkest nations on earth than it is right now. I pray that it only gets better. I pray that it only gets easier. I pray that the government, the secular governments of the world that are controlled by the enemy will continue to bless the church even though they try to attack it. Let me say that again. I pray that the the secular governments of the world will continue to bless the Chinese Christian believers even though they attack it. President Xi, with all of his persecution that has been orchestrated against the underground house church of China, is actually a blessing to the Chinese underground house church that he persecutes because his big push is for this one belt one road initiative which is exactly in line with back to Jerusalem and he in turn is blessing back to Jerusalem missionaries by doing all these massive investments and opening up roads into countries that would not be available otherwise He is opening up roads and supporting government funds are going to support um, businesses that are being run by back to Jerusalem missionaries. Which ones are they? Wouldn't they like to know? Wouldn't they like to know whether the, the, the very communist party that rejects all religion as opiate of the masses is actually financially supporting back to Jerusalem missionaries in 1040 countries to break the bondage of Satan that's been over these nations for generations. They show the ancient maritime ships in, in, in the museum there in Guangzhou Airport. So if you go to the Guangzhou Airport, try to find the this Haitian corridor. I'm telling you, you will not see. There's I took some pictures of it. I'm going to try to put some pictures up online. It's a museum. Of a, a, it's a back to Jerusalem museum if there ever was one. That the government of Guangzhou has basically told the history of the ancient Silk Road and the goal of the future Silk Road in a way that I never could, even if I tried. Talking about influencing and impacting and sharing with the world the great treasures of the Chinese culture. Okay, they they set it off for different reasons. But it completely blesses the back to Jerusalem Chinese. And if I put, they are setting the stage for, and, and I remove the part about the Chinese culture, to expose the world to the kingdom culture, that would be very much the truth. So you can walk into this Haitian corridor, and as you walk down the, the main pathway, you have this you're it's kind of like you're walking on a ground that's been that's been fabricated in a way to make it look like you're walking on the ocean waters to represent the high which is the ocean part of the maritime silk road but then you get to the end and they show all of these 
um, amazing artifacts that are found, that have been found by Chinese researchers in the bottom of the ocean in these big ships that they used to sail around the world making connection with uh, different parts of Asia, Africa, the Middle East, and even in America. There's a book, I believe, that's called 1242 or something like that. I can't remember the exact title of the book, but it's basically when China discovered America long before Christopher Columbus discovered America. The ships that they used to sail, uh, that the that the Chinese used to sail the waters on, were, were these mammoth structures that was that were much much bigger. And in fact, in one of the displays that you can see in this maritime Silk Road Museum, they show a European ship right beside a Chinese ship. And it's literally a one-tenth of the size. I mean, it looks like a small fishing boat pulling up beside a aircraft carrier. I mean, these were massive ships that, you know, the, the biggest of the European ships would have tens, maybe even a couple hundred men. But the Chinese ships had several hundred to well over a, a thousand men. And then they would sail in these these big armadas uh, on the high seas, and they would go from country to country, trading goods, uh, bringing in uh, Chinese ideas and goods and culture, and be sharing that with the rest of the world. These were massive ships that if they invaded a country, they were easily able to uh, come in and occupy in, in, you know, little islands with these, with these ships much, much bigger than the, than the, the convoy or the armada that Christopher Columbus would have sailed in. So they have been masters of the sea for hundreds of years. And then you see these, these, uh, old, really amazing pottery in China that has been found at the bottom of the ocean by archaeologists and researchers that went diving down and were able to find these ancient Chinese shipwrecks and pull up some of the pottery and, and gold. And so they have the gold and the pottery. These things are in really high value. And they have them on display there at the Guangzhou Airport Museum, which I, for me, it was a spiritual experience to walk into an airport and see that they have the vision to turn an entire section of the airport into a Back to Jerusalem museum, a, a, a tribute to Back to Jerusalem without even knowing it. Of course, they didn't call it Back to Jerusalem, but it was a Back to Jerusalem. And then they gave me the idea that I'm going to, you're going to hear me talking about this in the future. I guarantee you I'm going to be talking about it. I've never heard any other Christian organization talk about the Back to Jerusalem ancient Silk Road route going by air. And so Guangzhou is basically, in many ways, considered them, now considers themselves the Back to Jerusalem airport to take the gospel message by air into the countries along the ancient Silk Road. What a fitting description for yesterday when I stood there 
with 23 back to Jerusalem missionaries on their way to train. And not just to train, but to train in unreached areas. So they're not going to America or Europe to sit in a Bible school and to learn about old dead people that, you know, did amazing things, but then to study their lives, take tests and, and write about it. But instead, they are going to a Bible school where they are set in the middle of an area that is completely unreached. And then they go out and start to reach that area. On a daily basis, they're preaching, praying for the sick, uh, helping in any way that they can with like a humanitarian effort. And then coming back together with their instructors, talking about what they did right, what they can, what they did wrong, what can be done better, what the Bible says, what Jesus did, what his disciples did, and then go back out and do it again. So they continue doing that for a period of about one year before they are sent out. And yesterday, standing together with them in Guangzhou, that is given homage, that is giving respect, that is trying to remind people of the history of the ancient Silk Road, that was a very beautiful experience for me. And then right down the road, not far, is the Back to Jerusalem Training Center, where Back to Jerusalem missionaries are being trained right now in language. So, yeah, Guangzhou, the center of the Silk Road in the air. The gospel coming to you from the skies. The Air Force of the Great Commission. Thank you so much for joining us for another Back to Jerusalem podcast. Again, I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Beijing. God bless you.